Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging issues and trends in today's housing market, because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton, your realtor with Realty One Group Pacifica, and I am joined by... LaDonna Page, Mortgage Advisor and Liabilities Manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Hello, welcome Hi. back on this semi-beautiful Tuesday. It's Tuesday, right? It is Tuesday. But is it beautiful? The has no idea what it wants to do today. It's Seriously. Sunny, it's raining, who knows? I'm dressed for like straight up fall. I have fall <laughs> vibes going <laughs> I on. That. I have boots, I have a slouchy sweater. I am ready to get cuddled up with a good book and lay on my couch. But it is May. It is. So hopefully this weather can get itself together. <clears throat> yes. So today we are coming to you from Kellett's County, Washington, and we are sitting in the Kellett's Podcast Network studios. So before we jump into our exciting topic today, which is millennials in the housing market, we will bring you a word from the Kellett's Podcast Network sponsors. I will learn how to say that, (laughs) but I'll have to practice. So we're just jumping right in. This is Mike, local owner of your Longview Grocery Outlet. Every time you check out a grocery outlet, you're saving 40 to 60% off brand name groceries, 40 to 60% off beer and wine, 40 to 60% off organics, 40 to 60% off protein powders and vitamins, fresh meat, fresh produce, fresh dairy, housewares, pet supplies. Come see how much you can save. We'll circle your savings when you check out. Local owners, low prices, and lots to love. Longview Grocery Outlet. Okay, we are back. That was a word from the Kellett's Podcast Network sponsors. And um, yeah, LaDonna, why don't you lead us into today's conversation? (laughs) All right, so last week we talked about how um, our millennials is making up the biggest population of home buyers. They are 67% of our housing market currently. So 4.8 million millennials are turning 30 this year. So like first, let's define what a millennial is because there's some question apparently out there. Like I recently heard the term geriatric millennial <laughs> and I went, oh my God. But neither of us fall into that neither category. Neither of us fall into that category. So we're sure. good. <laughs> okay, so millennial is, we're defining it as aged 22 to uh, 40. And we got that from the National Association of Realtors, Realtors. Okay. NAR, N-A-R. <laughs> I always laugh when people call it NAR because I'm just like, that is the most disturbing term. Right, like pinky in the brain, what? <laughs> pinky in the brain, do they say NAR? They say NARF. <laughs> okay. This is such a millennial conversation. Anyone who's not a millennial is like, what the heck what is, is pinky in the brain? That? All right, look it up because it's a really funny cartoon. It is a really funny cartoon. Anyway, so... Uh, they are 67% of the housing market currently, which means that, like, that's who you need to really market to. That's who the whole, that's who's driving this thing. Totally. Also, um, you know, much to everyone's disappointment, millennials still have to buy houses because we're not yet living in space. <laughs> I was thinking about that today, and it's like millennial. It sounds so new wave. It sounds so exciting. And it's like, we're still driving cars. We're still living in normal houses. We have to do grown-up things. And um, 
It is what it is. Yeah. But as it turns out, we're not still living with our parents anymore. Like, so many of us spent some sort of time living with our parents after college, pre-career, whatever. Um, But, like, that after 18 Mm -hmm. age range... Um, spent some sort of time living with our parents, and we're not. We're out there purchasing things. So, well, hello, some of us here we are. But I do think, and we'll get into this a little bit later. But there are definitely still a lot of millennials that do um, live with their parents, and multi generational living is kind of coming back into style. But um, one of the first topics that we came up with today is a way where this is not your mother's housing market. And that is the fact that um, the average age for first time home buyers is about 29 years old these days, where in past generations, um, it was closer to between 23 and 26. Um, we are waiting longer to buy homes. Are you seeing that too? And on the lending side, are you noticing a trend for um, first time home buyers to be a little bit older? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're that, Translates into everything, though. Marriage is waiting. Children are waiting. People are, you know, getting out of high school and starting work and renting for a few years or continue to live with their parents for a few years. Or they go to college and then they come out with a bunch of debt and go to a rent or or the parents, whatever. Um, everything seems to be waiting a little bit longer. And, and lending definitely sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's, I mean, it's a whole other topic, but um, the extension of the average age of adolescence is really fascinating to me, but that has nothing to do with the housing market. So I'll save that for a different podcast, maybe in the future. (laughs) Um, But yeah, one thing too, as you mentioned, um, people are waiting a little bit longer. And for a while, I think the narrative around that as far as um, how older generations were interpreting that and how um, the media was portraying that was that millennials weren't interested in purchasing a home. And even last week when you and I were talking, I kind of have fallen prey to that idea as well. And I made the comment, you know, um, the American dream, quote unquote, doesn't center around home ownership as much as it previously did. And while that may be true, as we were um, researching for this, you'll see that right here, um, it says that in a in a survey conducted by the Bank of America in 2018, more than 72% of millennials considered homeownership to be their top priority. And um, a little bit further down, I believe they listed an even higher amount that said that, um, I believe it was like 79% said that home ownership is still part of the American dream. So you yeah, were right last the, week and yeah. I was totally wrong. I'll take the L. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, 79% of millennials are first-time homebuyers as a whole, but you could even break it down a little bit further than that. The age range of 22 to 30, 82% of that age range is a first-time homebuyer. And uh, 31 to 40, 48% of those people are first-time homebuyers. So first-time homebuyer being 40 years old, I mean, my parents were approaching like mortgage free (laughs) right totally totally (laughs) no longer like they were on their second home but they were approaching paid off Mm -hmm. second home totally i know it's crazy those 15-year mortgages get everything paid off as soon as you can like we talked about last week i mean my parents did a 30-year mortgage Mm -hmm. but they were you know (laughs) 
in it long enough. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, it where, is interesting, you know, though. I'm sorry to cut you off, but no, just fine. to jump off of what you were saying, as much as, you know, it's like, oh, crazy, 48% of um, 30 to 40-year-olds are first-time homebuyers. Um, that is kind of crazy, but it's also, you know, giving us all a, a moment to say, oh, wow, we are definitely full-on adults. And if you look at the flip side of that, it means that, you know, 52% are purchasing their second home in that yeah. age range. So um, I think that's the exciting thing about looking into this demographic particularly because it does run the gamut of um, the experience in the home buying realm and it's kind of fun to look at and to, to yeah. dissect the numbers dissect it a little bit more yeah I mean you and I talked about our personal experiences in home purchasing last week and we did allude to the fact that I'm a little older than you and we do <laughs> <laughs> we do fall split into this this separate age group here within mm-hmm. the millennials and mm-hmm. yeah I'm on my second home and yeah, you're on your first home. Yeah. And that, like, we fall right into those statistics. Those totally. Groups. Well, and I think um, I'm trying to count back the clock. I was about 27, 28 when we got into our first home that we owned. So I'm right on that mark, you know, really close to the average. Which you're right, is very interesting. Um, one other thing, kind of jumping back a little bit to talking about people waiting longer as we were looking um, into this. And one of the infographics we'll be using a lot today and that we got a lot of great information from came from RaleighRealtyHomes.com. So even though it's a, you know, East Coast... <laughs> East Coast article, I mean, these are these are things that are happening nationwide. So it's yeah, been absolutely. fun to look at. But um, one of the things they mentioned is the fact that part of the reason people are waiting longer is because millennials have such a different relationship with their careers and their career tra- trajectory. Um, you know, I think we mentioned last week a little bit, I've kind of been a notorious job hopper since I graduated from college. And that actually has impacted my ability to um, interact with the housing market because full disclosure, I'm trying to refinance my house. And I was going to have LaDonna help me and I haven't been a realtor for the full two years that I need to be to um, use my income. So can you talk about on the lending side, are there different ways around that or are there ways... um, Like, what are the rules? How long do you need to be at your current position um, for the income to count and all that stuff? I know it's kind of a little bit off topic, but I really don't think it is because millennials do um, switch jobs. The statistics say a lot more than previous generations. Yeah. So it's not necessarily like in your same job position so much as you need to be in the same like category like the same field field of of job you know if you're in medical you need to stay in medical for two years if you want to learn (laughs) like I you know take out my years of stay-at-home mom army wife I stayed in banking so my profession my years in the professional field would have continued to grow whereas I did switch from branch manager, U.S. Bank, to mortgage officer, 
uh, Sierra Pacific. You know, I, it changed, but not quite as drastically as yours. Yeah. But you know what's funny about that? So um, background on myself. Um, it's so funny. I love thinking about my career progression because it's just so funny to me. My first actual like, well, my first like job when I was in college was literally telemarketer. <laughs> <laughs> I only did it for a month, but oh my gosh, I would sit at my desk at, at my work and I would play solitaire and I had the script memorized, the, the telemarketing script memorized, mm -hmm. and I could just wrote memorization. I didn't even have to think about it and I would just play solitaire all day long. Um, oh my goodness. To, well, because it was like my coping mechanism for like how bad I felt about bugging people. But anyway... <laughs> Then, My first um, job with U.S. Bank was calling people on the overdraft Yes, list. yeah, we talked about that. So, okay, I'm glad I'm not Horrible alone. Job, but. We started out just, like, <laughs> really bugging people. And look yeah. at us now, helping everyone into their homes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so then I did cleaning for a little while. And... Um, just like cleaning businesses, which mm -hmm. actually looking back, it was like a great workout and um, I didn't have to think about anything. Oh, those were the days. Right. But to skip ahead, um, I had a position, a sales position at a staffing agency. So um, I was an outside salesperson and then I had a sales position at um, the radio stations here in town. And even though they were such different industries, um, I was in staffing and then I was in advertising, totally different. Because I was in sales, I actually did get to use my um, my work experience cumulatively to um, allow myself to use our income to purchase our home. Right. So kind of weird. Sales, but you know. Now that you've switched into realty, mm -hmm. which is still sales, but it's. A different ball game. It's all the good stuff about <laughs> sales and none of the bad stuff about sales. It's just so perfect. Love it. Um, but it is it is a different profession. Yeah, so totally. So that's where you cut your two years off. Oh yeah, totally. So I won't be refinancing this time, but that's okay. I refinanced not that long ago, so I'm still sitting in an okay interest rate. You're still at a historical low. Like, I recently looked at your documents. You're still at a historical <laughs> okay, low. Okay, but I'm still you jealous. You don't need to feel bad about it just because other people have 2% or whatever. Right. <laughs> the, let me just take a moment to say, if you own your home, talk to someone about refinancing. Whether it's LaDonna, it should be LaDonna, but whether it's whoever <laughs> it is, at least look into refinancing. That is just my little PSA for the moment. Um, okay, so getting back to millennials, um, ooh, so speaking of kind of taking a little bit longer to find their niche in the career market, um, another thing millennials are putting off a bit is marriage. Again, the narrative around that was, oh, millennials are flaky, millennials don't want to settle down, millennials aren't going to buy houses because they're not getting married. But um, as we talked about, that's really not the case. Yeah, I talked to a guy recently who's 40, expecting their first baby, and um, his wife is 43, and they've only been married, like, just over a year, and they both, like, when he proposed, they were both like, yeah, I totally would have married you at date three. Oh, my gosh, that is right? so sweet. Best love story ever. So sweet. So, so cute. Whatever. Like... But that's so us. We're waiting longer. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, he didn't find her until he was, like, what, 38 and a half years old? Right. 
<laughs> right. Um, and But he immediately knew because he was able to take his past experience, take her past mm-hmm. experience, weigh the pros and cons. Like, mm-hmm. Hi, like, let's. Um, yeah. And, you know, and really drill down and make an educated decision on, yeah, this is the person I want to be with for the rest of my mm-hmm. life. And that research that goes into marriage also translates into our home buying Mm -hmm. because as we read earlier today millennials are researchers we do a giant amount of research and between the average time millennials take between deciding to purchase a home and actually moving into their new home is eight weeks yeah we're quick on the draw we're quick on the draw but we took some time to get to that decision totally totally um and then you know to go into that marriage bit we are seeing a rise in unmarried couples mm-hmm. on who you know on coming in unmarried couples coming in to purchase a home together which mm-hmm. is something that like my parents never would have done you're not married to that person you can't possibly get it on the loan oh, with them totally. cuz you're committing to them for 30 years you're not totally. married to them so we see it not only in first-time home buyers, but also in that second home mm-hmm. because things are so expensive. You know, Katie, I'd really like to own a place out in Cannon Beach. Want to go in? <laughs> on this thing with yeah, me no kidding. This could be really cool. And you can see the graph a little bit better because you have the screen in front of you. Ah. So, what is the percentage of? Home buyers right now that are unmarried. Okay, so I'm going to. You're right. Sorry, I'm. I'm trying to sh- share my computer screen, but you know these infographics are not like huge on a big screen. But um, before I get into the infographic, just kind of my own personal story, like you were saying. Um, yes, millennials are waiting longer to get married, but then there are also some of us that just aren't taking that route. Um, I've been with my quote unquote. I guess you'd say partner for almost 11 years. Our anniversary is next week. Oh, fun. Get me flowers, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. He's not listening to this. But if you know him, text him and say, oh, hey, Katie wants flowers. P.S. Uh, your anniversary is next week. You right. should remember. <laughs> oh, I've already been telling him like every day, like, hey, our anniversary is next week. Don't forget. But you're right. Like, I mean, we've known each other for a few months now, Mm -hmm. and you refer to him as my husband, my husband, my husband, my husband, Mm -hmm. and you wear a ring, and, like, everything about you screams, Mm -hmm. I'm married, but actually, on paper, you're not. We are not married. Um... Um, and it really just feels like such a caveat and maybe that's the young millennial in me. Right. (laughs) But But I totally um, get it. Right. And I mean, weddings are expensive too. It's kind of funny because it all really, um, accumulates in the fact that we're putting things off, but also because everything is so expensive. That's like, what are we going to prioritize? And like we talked about before, I'm going to refer to him as my husband. We do consider each other husband and wife. Like she said, you know, I've got the ring. We've got kids, dogs, cats, a bearded dragon, a house, oh two gosh. cars. <laughs> We're married. So right We're there. married. We have a bearded dragon. Okay. That's like as much commitment as you can have. Too much for millennials. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we're full on married. Like there's really nothing else to it. But um, when we were building our house, um, we had been saving money. So we had this money and it was like, do we use this to build our house or do we use this to pay for a wedding? Like we're old at this point. We do have two kids. 
no one's parents are helping us pay for our wedding. We're doing it ourselves. Would we rather get married um, or would we rather buy a house? And yeah, we could go to the courthouse and maybe someday we will. But um, at that point in time, it was like house, duh. Um, so we built the house and as we were building, it's like, okay, we'll get married and, you know, after the house is done. And now it's kind of like, okay, well, we'll get married once our house is perfectly landscaped. <laughs> okay. We'll get married <laughs> once, you know, this big thing is done. Now at this point, it's like, okay, we'll get married after the kids graduate from college. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a pricey decision, but it anyway, is, absolutely. No, I know another person that is just like, you know, she is planning a wedding. Mm -hmm. She's She was supposed to get married last November. Obviously, 2020 put a kink in that plan. Mm -hmm. And she is, like, she does not, she's not registering for anything. Mm -hmm. She wants you to give her money to purchase a house. Because right. Because things are so expensive. And she's, I mean, she's shopping in the Portland market, which is totally different. Totally, totally. Cowlitz County. But still, I mean, it really plays into... This, you know, weigh your options. Turns out <laughs> we don't have to be married to purchase a home together. You don't have to be married to purchase a <laughs> home together. We're on the rise of yeah. that. I mean, you can see it going yeah. up over and over and over so, again. So, yeah, for sure. So I'm going to talk about this infographic now. And the name of the infographic is Adult Composition of Home Buyers Households. So this is not first time home buyers. This is just home buyers in general. And they break this down. They do have the millennial, um, <clears throat> quote unquote, millennial age group split into two categories. So that is the 22 to 30 year olds and the 31 to 40 year olds. In both situations, married couples still far exceed any other um, demographic that is purchasing houses. So in the 22 to 30 year olds who are buying houses, 51% are married. And in the 31 to 40, 69% are married. But um, those 31 to 40-year-olds, only 10% of them are unmarried couples. And um, the ones, the age group I fall into, the 22 to 30s, 20% um, are unmarried couples. So twice as many people that are buying in that age range are people who are who are committed to each other but are unmarried. And I've seen that as well. Um, two of my recent past clients were both people who were totally committed, um, married in every way like myself, but on paper were not married. So it is on the rise. Um, the younger the generations get. And the other interesting thing that we saw is there's a huge rise in single people getting married. So, Wait, um, what? Single people doing what? Oh, God. <laughs> Single people buying houses. Thank you, Single LaDonna. Single people buying houses is up quite a lot. You know, we, like, we make more money and we're more apt to live by ourselves. I can tell you as an army wife, I really like my alone time. Um, but, uh, you know, women are in that 22 to 30 age range. Women, 16% of them are single and purchasing a home. Mm -hmm. And 31 to 40, 14%. We're only 2% lower than mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. in where we're buying our houses. And it's just, it's so amazing to me because, you know, it really wasn't that long ago. The 1970s is when women could finally get a credit card without a man's signature on there. Like, totally. Shout out to Hooray Us. I know. Um, who run the world. Also, I have to laugh. Who 
around the world girls, obviously. But um, (laughs) LaDonna texted me this morning at like 6.30 and she mentioned um, like the caffeination level that we need to be at for the podcast. (laughs) Last week, last episode, I was not quite caffeinated enough. This week, I'm like borderline too much, but it's fine. (laughs) But it was so funny because I texted her back with a um, picture of myself holding my coffee cup and it's so cute. My best friend in the whole world one of my best friends in the whole world, Ashley, you know who you are. She got me this adorable little cup that says, who run the world? Squirrels. And then it has three (laughs) little adorable squirrels on it. Squirrels are my true spirit animal. I love squirrels like more than anything. Um, So who run the world? Squirrels, but also girls. And the reason we're talking about females over males right now is because um, female single women are out purchasing single males almost by twice yeah a hundred percent um so in that 31 to 40 category um seven percent of home buyers are single yeah, males so and exactly half right so seven percent are single males and 14 percent are single females um it is kind of interesting too though because eventually when those people do couple up it um becomes a question of where do we live whose house do we live in and are we gonna sell one are we gonna keep one as a rental it's kind of cool that um those people that are purchasing by themselves really are giving themselves a great jumping off point for decisions to be made um yeah when you if they do find the one yeah when you look further down your line on like your financial profile and building your own wealth that starting off in your own home most of those people are buying small starter homes that are beautiful to turn into rentals and that really 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 puts their trajectory of wealth off to a great start i mean we talked about how you started rent you started living in your mom's rental Mm -hmm. the same year that I purchased Mm -hmm. my first home and how that gave us a difference of $180,000. Yeah, it's crazy. Just in our, our own personal (laughs) finances. And like Katie and I are pretty open book about this. Like we talk about our own personal stuff. We bring our clients into the conversation when it's just the two of us more so than here. But you know, I can talk about a million different people that are in this exact same scenario where y- you bought a house and then you decided to get married or committed to mm-hmm. somebody else who owned a home. And now you've got houses that you have to do something with. You totally. Know? Where I definitely want my girl pad. <laughs> and I would love to keep it as my hangout spot. As we all saw in Sex in the City, that just doesn't work. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And I think it kind of really hammers in the point that millennials and, I mean, I'm sure even more Gen Z and whatever generation comes after that, um, we are kind of bucking the traditional um, way to do things. And it doesn't mean we're not arriving close to the same spot as far as home buying or you know, owning your own home, the American dream, all that stuff. Um, we just realized that it doesn't have to go fall in love, get married, buy a house, have a baby. It doesn't have to go in that um, order. So right. it's kind of nice because, you know, two single people and who, I mean, whatever, if you don't ever want to get married, like more power to you. But um, it's great to purchase a home by yourself because it opens up so much further down the road, like you were saying. So yeah. I think um, I think it's a really powerful thing that millennials um, are realizing that they don't have to do things in such a linear fashion. Yeah. 
You know, um, in talking about those rents, I was looking a lot recently at my own rental property, and it falls, because of where it's located, it falls mm-hmm. more into the national average of my rent has gone up almost 2% every single year that I've owned it. Mm, okay. Um, my mortgage has not gone up, so my profits have also gone up mm-hmm. almost 2% every mm-hmm. year that I've owned it. And... Um, you know, and then you take a step back and you look at rentals in Portland mm-hmm. that have gone up 7% in the last year. Yeah, totally. And it's insane. And I think about that kind of problem <laughs> and the fact that I could have refinanced down to 2% or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you get into like, you know, your, your gaps um, mm-hmm. and your profit margins and things um mm-hmm. which excite me um <laughs> i am that number person yeah totally <laughs> and i love that um but you know just watching the statistics grow and change and see how our past appreciation um mm-hmm. versus our future projected appreciation on our homes mm-hmm. it's it really makes a huge difference. Totally, totally. Um, and then one last thing kind of to wrap it up. I mean, this honestly goes without saying. Also, LaDonna's looking at me weird because both my arms are in the air. I'm stretching, like <laughs> just a huge stretch mid-podcast. Eventually, will be a visual podcast too, but right now I'm taking full advantage of the fact that I can make weird faces and stretch around in here and no one can see me. <laughs> um, anyway, it's really to finish it up, like I said, goes without saying, but millennials are different in the way they're purchasing homes as well. And the fact that they're so much more willing to do most of it virtually, they do want a quick turnaround. Um, they almost kind of have a leg up in this market because, um, you know, maybe it's your parents' advice or whatever. Obviously, it seems crazy, but um, look at the house before you put an offer in on it. <laughs> there are a lot of millennials that are putting offers in sight unseen because the market's going fa- so fast. Yeah, what, do you see that number? Because we did see that earlier. We did see it, but I wanted, it was really high. But It was like 47% yeah, it was crazy. are what? purchasing sight unseen. Yeah, there. 41%. 41%. Ooh, I was really close. You were really um, close. Yeah, 41% are purchasing sight unseen. Oh, Nationwide. wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. We were wrong when we read this earlier. Um, 41% of the people who purchase sight unseen are millennials. Oh, okay. That makes more Got sense. It. I'm like, that can't be real. Um, okay, <laughs> but whatever. It still speaks, speaks to the point that millennials um, are more willing to do a lot of things virtually, which, like I said, not that shocking. Um, but it means that it is an exciting time for them because that really gives you a leg up on this current market that's going so fast. It is going crazy fast. Um, You know, and we were talking about just like national versus local Mm -hmm. and where nationally we're expecting to see appreciation in the next year go up 7.6%. Wow. Um, Here at Cowlitz County, we're expected to see 7.6 as well. Nice. Um, Which would be super, super great. so like LaDonna always says, the best time to buy a house was last year, and the second best time to buy a house is now. Right Is that what you say? <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Katie I thought so. Oh, my gosh. I listened to yeah. LaDonna. Okay, so full disclosure, I totally ripped that off from somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> somebody else on my team said it, and I went, hey, I really like that. But yeah. it is 100% true. The mm-hmm. quicker you get on that train, the 
the faster you are to mm-hmm. building your wealth portfolio. But sorry, continue. Finish what you were saying. <laughs> go on. Go on, my dear. But like looking at Cowlitz County specifically, like you you saw this you saw mm-hmm. these numbers earlier and you went, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, that's crazy. Like we have 105,000 people total population. Mm-hmm. Of that, 37,000, per- 37. <laughs> sorry, I can't <laughs> talk, um, are renters. And of those renters, 9,500 of those can afford to come into the market with that 20% down. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. For our median home price mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. now, which is two seventy six, and we've talked a little bit about what our home prices are versus what they're selling for, right. and that kind of rolls us into next week. We really want to speak to appraisals and appraisal gaps because that's something that we've been seeing a lot lately. Well, see, that's actually what I was going to say when I almost so rudely interrupted you. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself that I held back. I can be an interrupter sometimes. But um, it isn't all sunshine and roses, as anyone who has been thinking about getting into the market or maybe is in the market already knows. So as much as we're talking about, oh, there's going to be this much in gains and this is great and that's great and homebuyers for everyone, woohoo, there um, are problems obviously that present themselves and one of those is a appraisal gap or low appraisals um so that is what we really want to dig into next week and i'm personally excited about it because first of all i could talk about it forever but second of all i feel like that really encompasses why we wanted to do this podcast because if you're just an average person that maybe wants to buy a house or maybe wants to sell your house you might not even know like appraisal gap cool i can kind of conceptualize what that is but what does it mean so i think it'll be really fun to get the perspective from a realtor on what that means and then also the perspective on a lender of what low appraisal really means yeah what it means like on paper versus what it means for you financially Mm -hmm. and that like and different strategies that we can use Mm -hmm. to help you overcome that i think is a huge Mm -hmm. part of it because it is a giant part of the conversation totally I kind of just want to definitely define what an appraisal gap is for those who are not in this industry all the time. You're just purchasing a home, whatever. Um, Appraisal gaps is Katie lists a house for 276 and someone offers 300. Yeah, somebody offers 300 and then the appraisal comes out and the appraisal comes in for that 276. So you've where do we go now? A gap yes. that you have to cover. Um, don't think, give away too much. Yeah, we're yeah, don't digging into it next too week. much. But somewhere <laughs> you have to come up with that difference um, as the purchaser. Like, well, we'll get into it next week. We'll get into it next week. We'll get into it next week. Hopefully, that was a tantalizing little lead-in because. <laughs> Also, I think it's going to be fun, too, because from the conversations LaDonna and I have had about it, I don't think we fully agree on the appraisal gap like stuff, but I think that's fun. I I know that we don't. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's fun. Um, and I mean, obviously, we're two different people. We are in two different markets, two different sides of it. Um, and so I think it's going to be a rousing conversation and I can't wait. I'm excited about it. Me, too. So I think that really kind of... Um, 
is a perfect place to end for the day. And I think this Absolutely. was a great podcast. I think so. I'm too. proud of I us. Wait to see the trajectory of mm-hmm. our podcast. Yes. And okay, so anyone who's listening, I mean, if you clicked on a link, maybe on our socials or something, um, if you want to hear all of the podcasts that are being produced here, um, the best place to go is cowletspodcast.com. So head to cowletspodcast.com. But if you want more of us specifically, um, or if you want to reach out to us and maybe continue the conversation off air, or if you want to suggest things that you'd like us to talk about, then you can reach out to us at notyourmothershousingmarket at gmail.com. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Gmail.com. Um, and again, I'm LaDonna Page with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. And and I'm Katie Keaton with Realty One Group Pacifica. All right. We'll talk to you next week.